The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, Dodo Birds, and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and as previously noted, at least once a week in advance of the 2021 NBA draft that is scheduled for July 29th, we're going to be dedicating an episode of the Ion College Basketball Podcast to a notable prospect, same way we did in advance of last year's NBA draft. We started the series a few weeks ago with a 22-minute profile of Cade Cunningham, soon to be a Detroit Piston. We followed that with 22 minutes on Evan Mobley, then 25 minutes on Jalen Suggs, then 22 minutes on Jalen Green. And today we turn our attention to another possible, if not likely, top five pick, former five-star prospect Jonathan Kaminga. He's a six-foot-eight, 220-pound wing from the Dominican Republic of the Congo who skipped college to spend the past year playing for the G League Ignite. He was ranked fourth in the class of 2020, according to 24-7 Sports. Some background, Kaminga began playing basketball at a pretty early age, but didn't move to the United States until 2016. In the subsequent years, he played for Huntington Prep in West Virginia, our savior New American in New York, and the Patrick School in New Jersey before signing with the G League Ignite, where he averaged 15.8 points and 7.2 rebounds in 32.8 minutes per game this past season. He was second on the team in scoring, first in minutes played per contest, and he is in most people's top five of this draft, but basically nobody's top four. So let's start there. Two questions. Is it clear to you that the first four picks in this draft should be Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, in some order. Mm. And if so, is it also clear to you that Jonathan Kaminga should go fifth to the Orlando Magic? It's clear to me that the first four should be the names that you just rattled off. That that seems to be the top shelf to me. Um, I would disagree that Kaminga should be the fifth guy. I think it's more likely than not that he will be the fifth guy, although... As we record this the morning after the lottery uh, went down, um, a quick refresher on the top 10 picks as they stand right now. And I do, I would wager that at least one or two of these are going to get uh, shipped off and traded by the time we get to the draft on July 29. So Detroit 1, Houston 2, Cleveland 3, Toronto 4. Then when it gets interesting, not just with the fifth pick overall, but the fact that Orlando has the fifth pick because it's Orlando at 5, OKC at 6, Golden State at 7, Orlando again at 8, Sacramento at 9, and New Orleans at 10. Uh, I don't know for sure if Orlando's going to ship one of those picks, but I think it's in an interesting position here to potentially do that, considering what the Magic were this past season and who they might want to bring in to help their roster. I think if you're the Magic and you work in that front office, uh, as tempting as two top eight picks could be, 
if you can trade one of them along with an asset you currently have to get a, a veteran, I think that might be good. Although you noted offline before we started this podcast, I think you said 50 players played on the Magic, <laughs> played on the Magic I, roster I, last season. I, I, I don't know that it was actually 50, but when I was scrolling through their stats page, it was like it went on forever. I'm like, how, I'm surprised I didn't play like at least two games for the Orlando Magic this past season. Like the list is long of people who appeared in Magic jerseys in the 2020-21 season. It's um, you got to scroll to get to the bottom. Yeah, the Magic have been in one of those franchises uh, that have basically been toiling in relative obscurity ever since they made that finals run with Dwight Howard here. Having the number five pick, um, I think they'll probably keep this one and try and ship eight, but who knows? Who knows where, where we get it? Having said all of that, I don't consider Kaminga to be the fifth best prospect in this draft. I don't think he's the fifth best player. I have been, again, a relative seller on Kaminga since we both saw him in person, Peach Jam, 2019, so it's been 23 months since we've actually even seen him in person. Of course, as you mentioned, he spent the past season playing uh, with the G League. He actually ended his season due to, uh, he had a tender knee. He's had a couple of, you know, minor injury issues in the past few years, but to me, he's still, he's still raw. He's only 18, doesn't turn 19 until, I believe, October, but because he's this young, I just think that's why I'm a seller on him as being going number four or number five or maybe even number six in this draft, uh, considering that I think overall this is probably, and I'm going beyond like the top six, seven guys here. I'm, I'm talking like first round quality. I, I'm getting feedback that it feels like a top three draft in terms of depth in the past decade this year. So for me personally, I would take guys like Scotty Barnes, Kai Jones, Davion Mitchell, James Booknight, Zaire Williams, who had an, an inconsistent season at Stanford. But I actually think Zaire Williams, we're going to look up, and he's going to have a huge pop in the NBA like three years from now. I like Ayu Desumu and Corey Kispert. All, I like all of these players before I like Kaminga. Kaminga is good. I just... I'm not all in on him, and I never have been. Even when he was talked about as potentially being the best player in the class of 2021, I just didn't see it there. Yes, good size, physical, and clearly is a player deserving to go in the top 10. If he goes top five, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, uh, to write home about it or anything like that. But just for me personally, GP, you look at any NBA draft almost every single year, the first five players that go, there's going to be at least one guy in there usually that just isn't going to pan out and and not even prove worthy of being a top 15 pick, let alone a top five pick. To me, Kaminga is the guy that most fits that description this season, this year. And I think the biggest reason is because he has quite a ways to go with his ability to create offense, to have a reliable jump shot. Defensively, he's not even, I wouldn't even say he's, uh, right there, top two, top three defender in the league. He's got he's got physicality. He's got really good aggression to his game, but I just see just an, enough weaknesses here or there that makes me say I'd rather go with the guys that I mentioned uh, before him. And I'm just you know, I'm kind of playing the odds with it when I say that. I did the count. Twenty eight different men played for the Orlando Magic oh this season. Twenty twenty eight. I was not one of them, but. I probably could have been some uh, general breakdown uh, of Kaminga as a prospect. He's an athletic playmaker. He, he can bounce it, drive it, you know, finish around the rim with either hand, though he, he does get a little loose with it sometimes. Still needs to develop as a ball handler. But he, he's comfortable taking mid-range fadeaways, shooting over smaller defenders. It's a capable passer, explosive 
in in transition. He can grab the rebound and go, just take it himself. Great work ethic by all accounts, which I think is is worth noting. I don't know if you saw, you know, after Philadelphia was eliminated and now everybody's burying Ben Simmons, rightfully so. One of the things uh, Stephen A. Smith said on ESPN, uh, in, in, in I think it was maybe two. Tuesday morning was that he got a text from somebody close to the situation in Philadelphia. And they said, Hey, Ben doesn't work. You know, he doesn't work. He doesn't listen. He's not coachable. He's been babied. So the work ethic thing is, is important. But, and, you know, and, that, oh, by that, the way, a little bit of that dates back to college. Just so, you know, sometimes these things that you have a concern about when a guy's going into the draft parish, you worry if that's going to be a thing three, five years down the road to a certain extent with Simmons, that exact thing has come to pass. Well, if you go back and look at some of the weaknesses connected to Ben Simmons, like, quote, weaknesses as a prospect connected to Ben Simmons coming out of LSU, like, at the top of the list was, can't shoot. <laughs> okay, here we are. And and six years later, here we are. And does he care? Yeah. It never looked like he cared at LSU. Like, you're getting beat by 20. Do you, do you, does, it, does it hurt? Does it bother you? Are you embarrassed? And so now what's the knock on Ben Simmons? I like can't shoot. No, that doesn't seem to work and I'm not sure that he cares. And so that, that, that I say that in part to, to, to highlight the points you just made. You've got real concerns about coming as a prospect and they're not invalid. They're there and they could be problems, not, not problems that prevent him from playing in the NBA for 10 years, but problems that, that, that uh, prevent him from living up to top five, um, you know, expectations. Either way, my point is, by all accounts, you talk to people who were around the G League Ignite or people who have known him since he's come to the United States. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga seems to to have the proper work ethic. If you're looking for uh, possible red flags, you're not going to find them there, I don't believe. Plays hard. Got a seven foot two wingspan, can guard mm-hmm. multiple positions, switch on to smaller players comfortably. So he can guard in space, but... You know, he can also pin balls on the backboard as a help defender shot blocker. Still, though, and, and you noted this, it needs to commit to playing defense every possession. He's got to get a better grasp for where to be and when. But the potential to be impactful on that end, it, it's there. And he's only 18 years old. You were right. Doesn't turn 19 till October 6th. So he's one of the youngest players in this draft. And I think, inarguably, He's got one of the highest theoretical upsides in this draft. The problem is the three-point shooting. He shot just 24.6% from three on five attempts per game for the G League Ignite. And he only made 62.5% of his free throws. Mm. So at this point, he's a non-shooting wing. That's a problem in the modern NBA. So are you comfortable spending a top five pick on a non-shooting wing? That's the question Orlando probably has to ask itself, assuming those first four guys come off the board, one, two, three, four. Kaminga's available. He's probably at that point. Regardless of what you think of him as a prospect, if we if we at that point in the draft go, of everybody left, if they actually pop, if they actually become what they could become, Kaminga's probably the best there. You just wonder, can he become that? Because at this point, he's only 18 years old. I got it. But at this point, He's a non-shooting wing, and I don't think you'd want to look up in three years and go, wow, I can't believe we spent a top five pick on a non-shooting wing. That's what he is right now. Doesn't mean he can't be something more to that, but he's a non-shooting wing right now. 
Yeah, I saw our buddy Rob Doster, who does a great job with uh, the Field of 68. He's been doing some draft profile breakdowns on his YouTube channel. We encourage you to go support Rob. Uh, he did. He just. I, I don't. I don't. I okay. Don't well, there we go. Uh, I'm joking. I, I, want, I want Rob to flourish. Okay. I love him. Uh, but he re he just did his Kaminga video in the past 48 hours. And this is, uh, unfortunately, there is a method to how you have to publish these YouTube videos and what you title them so people click on them and, and you know, do all this stuff. Um but uh, he notes in his title of his video, uh, and he uses a question mark along with an exclamation point uh, with Kaminga being, say, the that next. That doesn't seem grammatically correct. Well, you know. Pick, pick one, buddy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's something along the lines of Jonathan Kaminga, the next Kawhi Leonard? And he's not. But the whole point is that Kawhi Leonard, when he entered into the NBA, uh, was certainly a non-shooting wing. Uh, mm -hmm. Much, much, much better defender. I'd say even better rebounder at that point. I'd say body-wise was a little further along because he, he was also a little bit older than Kaminga. I don't expect Kaminga to eventually grow into the kind of, uh, not let alone player that Kawhi Leonard is. Come on now. No, obviously not. But uh, I'm talking even like, 70% of what Leonard is. No, I, I, I just have my, I just have my doubts about it. Again, this is all relative. I, do I think Kaminga is one of the 15 best prospects in this draft quite easily, but I disagree with you on if he pops, he's going to be the, the best of the remaining. No, I think if guys like Davion Mitchell, Scotty, if Scotty Barnes can become what his max potential is, Scotty Barnes is going to be one of the three best players in this draft. I mean, he is a Big, strong, super long, heady player that can play defense, pass, shoot it well. I think Scotty Barnes, and we'll, I would, we, we need to do a, a pro profile prospect episode on him. I think he's got. How about got, next week? How about what are you doing next let's, week? Let's let's make it happen here. Bright and early for you. Monday morning, we'll have a Scotty Barnes episode. Don't, don't promise. Okay, we could have a Supreme enough. Court ruling. I'm don't rolling. <laughs> but next true. week, next next week for sure. Um, because I do have Scotty Barnes uh, sixth on my big board and going sixth in this draft yeah, to, he's, I believe, he's the Oklahoma wonderful. City Thunder. So I'll, I'll save my Scotty Barnes stuff, but I'm, I'm giving you a little teaser there. As for Kaminga, um, I think one of his best traits and the thing that he might become borderline elite at in a few years is his rebounding. I think he could mature into one of the more physical and reliable go-to-the-rim players uh, for his position in the league in two to four years' time, I think I think that'll work because he prefers to drive rather than settle for a shot, and he's got a really good first and second jump. He's still just 18. There'll be plenty of uh, room to grow there, and because he is still so raw, like I do think that part of his game, particularly if he can grow and become more adept on defense, which I think he's got a good shot at doing, then I think that's where he's got a, a really good shot. But to me... Um, I just find him to have a wider spectrum of potential outcomes than some of the other players that are, generally speaking, listed behind him on mock drafts that you see and big boards that you see. And so uh, we're picking him fifth because he is the consensus, not consensus, but the overall. I saw that Billis, by the way, when uh, ESPN was doing its stuff uh, last night. He had Davion Mitchell going number five, which was an interesting um uh, projection from Billis there. But for the most part, you'll see Kaminga in that five spot. For But one more thing, GP, and I'll volley it back to you. What's interesting is if, if Kaminga does go five, right, and if it is Orlando, we can actually now start doing these profile prospect episodes and have them correspond somewhat with the teams that are slated to pick in those spots. So this is the first one we can do with Orlando. Um, they've got Cole Anthony on the roster. He's going nowhere. They've got RJ Hampton on the roster. He's going nowhere. 
They've got Markel Fultz on the roster, and I guess maybe he's potentially movable in some sort of trade situation if Orlando wants to move either the 5 or the 8 pick there. But Kaminga's blend with those guys in addition to like Jonathan Isaac. I actually find his fit with the Magic a little weird to start. Now, I don't think he will st- I, like if he goes fifth to the Magic, I I don't think that he will start right away. Um I think that he could certainly be a work in progress in that first year, but when you actually look at what the roster is comprised of at this moment, I mean there could be three new dudes on the roster in 5 days right now. Uh, I actually thought Orlando getting the fifth pick was interesting because if it had been a different team like an OKC or a Cleveland, et cetera, I actually thought his fits there would have been better with the Magic at five. So that, to me, adds another layer into beyond of what kind of prospect he is, where he'll actually go and where he'll actually fit if he winds up going to Orlando. Well, this is another question that Orlando has to ask itself. If it's picking fifth and Kaminga's there and the other four guys are off the board. Okay, you got Cole Anthony, you like Cole Anthony. He, he can make shots, but he shot 33.7% from three. Um, you, you've got R.J. Hampton, and you like R.J. Hampton. He shot 31.9% from three. Markel Fultz, 25% from three. So you're going to add another non-shooter? Exactly. Like we, and so now you've got an Orlando franchise that already, in terms of its building blocks, I mean, they're in a total rebuild in Orlando. But some of their building blocks are, are either non-shooters or not great shooters. And now do you really want to add another at this point in his life, another non-shooter to the roster. It's, let me be clear, I think I would, but I can understand why others might be concerned. Circling back to the Kawhi Leonard stuff. Um, listen, I don't think he's going to be Kawhi Leonard. If you told me Jonathan Kaminga can be Kawhi Leonard, then he should, be, then mark, then he should be taken first in the draft. Yes. Kawhi Leonard's one of the 25 ta- best players ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should take him number one. Like, what are we even talking about? So if, if you think he's going to be Kawhi Leonard, you know, then Houston, get ready for Cade Cunningham because Jonathan Kaminga should go number one to Detroit. But that's not going to happen. Cunningham's going one, and Kaminga is is he's more of a question mark than an exclamation point. Here we that? go. Here we go. I like what you're saying. Uh, but – um. But he is obviously, you know, a, a, a theoretical long and switchable wing. And those are incredibly valuable mm-hmm. in the modern NBA. Some of the best players in the world are exactly that. Kawhi Leonard, but also Paul George, Jason Tatum. But here's the thing. Each of those guys at this point in their careers, they can shoot. Paul George, is, he just shot 41.1% from three yeah. this regular season. Kawhi Leonard shot 39.8% from three this past regular season. Jason Tatum shot 38.6% from three this past season. And two of those three actually shot it well in college. Exactly. Paul George shot it well in college. Jason Tatum shot it well in college. Kawhi Leonard did not. He shot 25% from three at San Diego State. But he's a career 38.4% three-point shooter in the NBA. So there's an example of a big switchable wing developing a reliable jumper after becoming a professional. It can be done, but if you're looking for a reason to be skeptical of Kaminga, that's the place to look. And it should be noted that Kawhi shot 75.9% from the free throw line in his last season at San Diego State. So he was a good free throw shooter who just shot poorly from three in college for whatever reason. And that is usually an indicator that improvement from three is possible. When a guy shoots a good percentage from the free throw line, if it's good from the free throw line, but bad, if what, what you want is great from three, great from the line. Okay, now we got a shooter. But if problematic from three, but good from the line, it, it, it is often an indicator, okay, the guy can make a shot. Now we just got to get the three-point shot where it needs to be. But, like, he's a good free throw shooter. That's a good sign. Um, but the truth is that Kamingo 
in this one season with the G League Ignite, he wasn't just bad from three. He was also bad from the free throw line. So just assuming, well, he's only 18 years old. He'll improve from the perimeter, you know, like Kawhi did over time. That's just an assumption based on an apples to oranges comparison. So that would be my concern. Like if Kaminga is going to be a respectable, and I don't even need 40, but can you do 36? If Kaminga is going to be a respectable three-point shooter in three years, I'm happy to take him with the fifth pick in this draft. If he's going to be a 29% three-point shooter in three years, then you've got a, a, a super athletic, looks the part wing, but he can't shoot in a league that prioritizes shooting more than it ever has. That's not great. Right, and if that winds up being the case, and you've got a quality, you know, plug-and-play, reliable, energy hustle guy who's got really good aggression to his game, but if that's what if that's what he's going to be, then that's a player maybe worthy of the 12th pick or the 16th pick and not necessarily the 5th pick. The, the question is, uh, will he be able to grow into that? He's not going to drop that far. I honestly don't see Kaminga dropping below, probably dropping not below 6, uh, and I don't see him going higher than 5. He really seems locked into either one of those unless some weird wonky trade stuff winds up happening that that forces a bump either way. But uh, but yeah, he is he is an interesting prospect. There's no doubt about it, but I do cons- I consider him not just a tier below the four guys we talked about in the pre- previous profile podcast episodes as I mentioned before I just happen to like even you know four or five other guys ahead of him in this particular draft because I have the concerns on offense I think where I'm at on this draft is you know we've been talking on CBS Sports HQ a lot about the draft you obviously do it on radio as well um I think there's an obvious number one. That's Kate Cunningham. It doesn't mean, like, in 2003, everybody knew LeBron James was going to be the best player from that draft. Like, that's the sure thing. Anthony Davis in 2012, that's the sure thing. Um, I don't know that Kate Cunningham is a sure thing like LeBron, like AD, but he's the closest thing to a sure thing in this draft. There's a whole lot to like and, and very little to be troubled by. So, like, I, I do think he's the obvious number one pick. So I would put Kate Cunningham in tier one by himself. And then tier two, because if you start saying there's four players in tier one, you're saying they're all the same. I don't think I don't think the other three guys are Kate Cunningham. They might be end up better than him, but as a prospect, I don't think they are. So I would go tier one, Kate Cunningham by himself. And then tier two, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green. And I tell you, we've already done episodes on each of those guys. And after as I'm prepping for those episodes, I I go, ooh, this is the guy that should go number two. And then I do Mobley, and I'm like, ah, no, Mobley is probably the guy. And then I do Jalen Green, and I'm like, how do you pass on this guy? So I, as I wrote um, when I updated my mock draft late Tuesday night, I, I don't really have any interest in listening to an argument for somebody over Kate Cunningham to Detroit, but I'm totally open to listening to anybody make the case that Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, or Jalen Green should go two or three or four in whatever order. You put those guys in whatever order, and it is nobody, nobody can reasonably call you stupid for doing it. And then I think there's a gap after four. I don't know how big it is, but I do think there's a difference between four and five, whatever you think five should be. I think it should be Kaminga. You might go with Scotty Barnes. Uh, others might go with Davion Mitchell, but I think that's the next tier. There's a Cade Cunningham tier. There's a Suggs Mobley Green tier. And then there's a Kaminga, Mitchell, Barnes tier. And then maybe after that, correct me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, maybe after that, so that's, that's what, seven players? Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Davion Mitchell, Scotty Barnes. Those seven players. 
Most people think those are the seven in some order. After that, eight to 15, how? Toss them in I a don't pot. know. Throw them in a pot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, you like Moses Moody? You like Kai Jones? You like Keon Johnson? Like, yeah. I, I think where this draft is going to get really interesting is like eight to 18. Those next 10 guys could go in almost any order. I, I mean, I've seen them in mock drafts in almost any order. Yeah. It'll be, it will be interesting. And there's, yeah, it's, it's very much, that's going to be very, very dependent on team fit, team need with all that. But, uh, yeah, like I some think, people I think would take Corey Kispert ten, and some others might might take him in the twenties. I mean, that, that's Especially, where Trey yeah, Mann yeah, yeah. Trey Mann could go uh, back half of the lottery, or you know, back mm-hmm. half of the first, you know, in the you know twenty seventh. Uh, the the as somebody who is you know at this point published multiple mock drafts, that's where I think it gets really interesting. Like eight, eight, maybe even like eight to twenty two. Like you, you, that's where you you're gonna get. Some some guy's gonna go way higher than than a lot of people thought he was gonna go, and some guy's gonna go ten spots lower than he thought he was gonna go, just because I, I think you're really in an eye of the beholder type situation once you get around outside of the top seven. Agreed. And uh, we'll have another episode. We'll do Scotty Barnes next week, but we got a few more coming before the draft. And now that we've got a lottery order, uh, it's certainly uh, certainly that much more interesting. GP's latest mock draft is available at CBSSports.com and on the CBS Sports app. I will link it in this very podcast episode description that you're listening to. So go to your phone, check the episode description, and you can tap through right there. And there we go. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Tommy Swanson, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you, uh, guys, for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. Once again, middle of the dumbest pandemic I ever ever lived through. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.